Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. All right, welcome high-tech sellers. We have a great interview for you today with Andy Kaplan. Andy has been selling in the cybersecurity space, mostly focused on new products and new companies. And by the way, this is some of the hardest selling to do when you don't have any established customers. During the show, Andy touches on how he uses some strategies to nurture his contact database over time, some ideas on how he has stayed engaged with his CISO contacts. He also talks about how he developed a security game that adds value to his customers, but also really creates an environment where he can pull together his prospects into an event that he leads. What a great concept. He also talks about how he's always nurturing his customer to the next step, including the real simple strategy of booking the next meeting from the current meeting. And then finally, he shares how he has been consistently investing in single family homes, real estate, as one way to build up financial freedom and an additional income stream. Hope you enjoy the show. And by the way, we just launched our newsletter, which is full of sales and investing insights. If you would like to sign up for it, please go to hightechfreedom.com. Can't miss it. If you enjoy today's episode, we would really appreciate a positive review. This helps us get the message out and the lessons out to more people. All right. Well, Andy, welcome to the show. Uh, Why don't you go ahead? uh, You and I have talked a little bit, but why don't you go ahead and do an introduction? Give us a little bit of background about yourself. Sure, Chris. Well, first, thanks for having me. I grew up on the East Coast, went to University of Delaware for my mechanical engineering degree with a uh, minor in psychology, uh, go Blue Hens. And uh, my, my first job offer out of college was to uh, uh, help design spacesuits. And uh, I quickly, quickly realized that uh, there were engineers in my class that could do this much better than I. And there was this uh, job posting for a for a technical sales engineer that I uh, that I applied for. And at the time, I didn't even know that this position existed. And that that was the start that that brought me into the sales world, where I had worked in the uh, the semiconductor industry for a number of years, and then spent the last dozen or so years. In, uh, in cybersecurity sales. Okay. All right. And where are you at today? I'm with Defy Security. We are a value-added reseller for all things cybersecurity. Okay. Well, let's just jump right into it. You know, I, I think, uh, you know, every, every industry has some uniqueness to it. Um, and then from a general sales perspective, there's a lot of commonality. But, you know, cybersecurity, that's a pretty hot topic right now. And you've been in a few different roles. You know, when out when you're out there selling cybersecurity, 
what's top of mind? What's the, you know, what's the most important thing for you to do or be thinking about when you're working with clients or new clients or prospects? Mm -hmm. Well, I'd say that, uh, first of all, it, from the perspective of me being a, I, I really enjoy solving problems and working on puzzles and, and things of that sort. There are plenty of puzzles out there. <laughs> there are problems everywhere. There are puzzles everywhere. And uh, so the the amount, there's there's always something that, that can be helped. There's always something that can be worked on. There's always something that can be fixed. And so that's, that's the part about my job that I, I really enjoy. But one of the things that I've, I've one of the things I've realized, uh, having worked with many companies over the years, is that the, the business needs to really care about whatever problem you're looking to fix. You mean the vendor that you work for or the well, customer? I'd say the customer. Yeah, the, the, the customers, uh, you know, the, as, as a recent example, I worked with a customer that was having issues uh, patching their their uh, all all of their systems. They have a human being doing that now, and they were looking to perhaps automate it. And the the business is just like, ah, oh, we're you know we're we know it's slower. We know it's it might not be ideal, but um, we're we're not going to spend the money to buy this automated solution to to fix this, this problem. So there absolutely has to be that alignment. The, the business, uh, for example, it, it maybe the problem solves some uh, PCI issue or HIPAA or, or some other uh, standard that's, that's out there that allows the business to sell more or uh, merge more companies in or, or, or do whatever they need to do to make money. And that's been one of the great realizations that I've had recently. Yeah. I was just talking to a, an old uh, team member of mine. And one of the things that I've always promoted over the years as a sales leader was, hey, look, sometimes you're selling software solutions that are clearly tied to how the business is going to make money. And sometimes you're selling infrastructure, maybe cybersecurity that is not front and center. But you know, how do you get into the flow of the customer's revenue to create the most value and create the most attachment? Um, you know, especially the higher higher you go, that becomes more important. Yeah, absolutely. It, and that that is something that I found within my sales process. I absolutely uh, ha have to kind of uh, crack that. It's just like you know, what what is who is demanding this? Who who want, who really really wants this to happen? And when too. Uh, that that's you know is, is there some type of driver that's out there in the future that makes it such that you've got to do this now or it's yeah. like ah, next year is okay yeah it's part of your puzzle well let's say it's next year's okay then what do you do well uh I, i'm i'm one for i build a ton of pipeline <laughs> yeah, love that. that's, that's what i do and i find i find something else like i i you know whether it is Within within that company, it's like okay, that's out in the future. Let's work on this other thing that that's that's ahead of us, or uh, perhaps that company is just not ready at all. You know, so it's just like it's going to sit in Salesforce, and I just figure a time. I'm I'm really big on creating the next step and getting a calendar invite 
as part of that next step. So it's like, well, this is not going to happen until January, February. So what's, you know, do you, you know, I'd say, do you, do you have your calendar in front of you? Yeah. How, do, how about if we meet in uh, mid-December or mid, mid-January or so? so? How many, how many months out might that be? Could that be three, four, six months? It can, it can be. Uh, but for, for me, I'm, I'm usually touching uh, these different contacts in different ways via my events and uh, other uh, other correspondence that I might that I might have. So there there's going to be that event that might be far in the future because of the nature of the project, but there will be other touch points. Right. Ahead of yeah, I love that. It's very intentional. Well, let's talk pipeline for a minute. What are some of the things that you do to consistently build pipeline every day, every week, every month? I am always uh, working on on new ways to to get exposure to to different customers. Uh, whether it is uh, the events that that I have, I run my own CISO dinners here in Portland, Seattle and sometimes Boise located in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that that allows the opportunity for uh, different CISOs to, to get together where we have a, uh, a, a dinner and the, the topics can range from, uh, tell me about something cool that you've, you've purchased over the last year. Tell me about uh, something you're looking forward to for, for 22, we, we've also had conversations like, how do you stay healthy? How do you stay healthy as a cybersecurity professional where there are blinky lights going off uh, 24-7? Yeah, and they spend their whole day thinking about and worrying about risk and bad stuff and problems. And- yeah, yeah. And historically, going back a couple of years ago, I, I think the average tenure for a CISO was about 18 months. I'm thinking that that's getting a little better now. But uh, there, there's just a lot of pressure there, and uh, so 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 events are one way that I I get people together. We have uh, you know now that we're coming out of COVID, we've had some different uh, happy hours where we'll have a technical discussion that happens. We have we have lunches. Uh, I I leverage as much as I can. Uh, I leverage relationships we have with with our vendor partners uh, where we're looking at my, my list of, of companies that we're looking to get into in the Northwest. We're leveraging other customers that have had good experiences with us. Hey, do you mind if you make an introduction over here or over there? And in general, I believe I bring a pretty good brand. Uh, You know, we, 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 I've, I've worked on, uh, being the person that people go to when they they have some type of cybersecurity need or they need people, uh, that's been a big one lately. How do I? How do they find good people that they can bring into their organization? And I'll say this too: at a certain point, your their their number comes up, and uh, they need to find a new gig. And I'm I'm really uh, flattered when they give me a call and they say, Hey, on the down low, I'm looking for a new gig. And, uh, what, what do you think? And can you keep me in mind when you're out there? So well, clearly you're uh, building some depth in those relationships. 
So, you know, that actually, so one thing I'm, I'm real curious about is, all right, so clearly you're networking, you're, you're building contacts and, uh, you know, you've been at a few different companies over the years. Uh, how do you maintain your contact database? That's a, that's a good question because there are these different roles and there are all these different people uh, all over the country and, and even all over the world. I use LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not posting something every day. That's too much. But just something every week it is, is, has been kind of the, the rate which works really well for me. Uh, and uh, just keeping in touch with different people through their, their job progressions and things that they're working on. Sometimes it's just a matter of sending a note to them, just like I haven't heard from you in a while, you know, and, and just and just keeping up that way. And these are people, uh, they may not be your customer at this point, but it's just part of your network, contacts that you made, old customers, staying engaged. Yeah, and uh, by now I, I've, I've, I've had, I, I've had a, a good long career uh, of people I've worked with all over the world. And uh, uh, I've, <laughs> friends have said of me that uh, some people collect cars or guitars I, I collect people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, well. uh, and and that that uh that's true. I mean, I, I I keep in touch with people that are in in an industry from eons ago that that are still that are still out there doing their thing. And that is so important because you just never know, never um, know. how that's gonna pay off. And they, you know, there's that saying out there that your network is your net worth, right? And um, you know, and that can be used in a couple different ways, right? Part of it is it's the, you know, the five people that you spend the most time with. That's, you know, that's sort of the, you're going to be the average of them. Um, but then, you know, at the end of the day, we're calling on companies and companies have people and it's really the people that matter. And so, you know, how you're nurturing and building that list is interesting. I recently, so you know, I've seen reps struggle where, you know, they, they're using LinkedIn. They've got a big spreadsheet of contacts they built over the years I've actually started over the last uh, year and a half. I just bought my own CRM because, you know, what I'm always worried. Hey, what if LinkedIn just goes out of business? What if, you know, what if they shut it down? And so I've been um, just paying my $9 a month to manage my own CRM. That way I, ha I have all my contacts there that I can control, manage, and continue to add whatever inf insight about that contact I want. And uh, um, I've actually tried to get my kids to do that. You know, start now. You're 18. Start putting yeah, every contact yeah. you meet from high school to college, and you never know how it's going to pay off down the road. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you know, just think uh, where social media is going, and if maybe all your your friends were on uh, MySpace way way back or Facebook, you know, now and everybody just kind of moving to different platforms. Yeah, and they may not be around, or they mer might merge or do something funny with with something else. So I, I think that's a great idea. I've tried to keep uh, spreadsheets of just different people that I know, but but I I'll agree with that. I I, I think having the context of how you met that person, uh, where where you met that person, mm -hmm. and uh, is is very very helpful because right now on LinkedIn as as I have I don't know two thousand three thousand contacts whatever the number is, like I, I can't remember everybody. It's, it's the Rolodex, right? I mean, you got to have the virtual yeah. Rolodex. Hello, sales pros. I hope you are enjoying the High Tech Freedom podcast. 
If you are interested in learning more about passively investing in multifamily real estate, you can download our educational ebook at hightechfreedom.com. While there, you can also sign up for our newsletter where we will provide insights on real estate investing as well as sales tips so that you can continue to crush it in your high-tech sales role. Now, I often hear people say, eh, I'll get to that later, or uh, I'll read that book later. Well, there's no time like the present to improve your knowledge, so I hope you take advantage of at least the newsletter. In the meantime, please reach out if I can help out in any way. Now, let's get back to the show. And Andy, you may have already touched on this with some of the earlier answers, but a lot of the roles and talking earlier, earlier, a lot of the roles that you've taken have been really in greenfield type roles with new products, new technologies, or new companies. You know, are there some things that you've done to try to go into that green space market and just grow it that's worked for you? Yeah. So, uh, it first of all, it's hard. I mean, it, it is really, really hard work. Uh, and you, I, I found that one of the components that is most necessary to, uh, to growing out a market is having a good manager uh, and having a agreement on expectations on what is going to happen for the first year. Uh, if, if it is a brand new product, a brand new service, it's, it's going to take time. Like nobody knows who you are. Nobody knows who you, what you do. And perhaps with some of the companies I've worked with, they haven't had real marketing organizations or uh, rarely have BDRs or anything like that. It's all on me. And I accept that. But uh, th- we need to be clear on what, on what we're going to do and what success looks like for the first three, six, nine, 12 months. My typical sales cycle, six to nine months. I mean, you know, I, I even if a project seems to be a slam dunk, it's six months. If it's a little iffy, nine months, a year, easily. And especially because we're looking at budget cycles too. If it is a new product that is in a new area that they've never seen before, they're probably not going to have any budget for it in 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 this cycle because it's like. Okay, we we don't we haven't hadn't even considered that widget in 2020 or 2021. Setting those expectations with your manager, just making sure there's alignment, right? And if there's not, probably the wrong role to take then if you're looking at that as a potential problem. It is. Yeah. And and just to be and just to be very uh, clear over time what those measurables are for success, so that both of you understand. That, that you're moving you're moving everything forward because the sales will not happen in the first three to six months it, right unless you're very very lucky or you're taking over a territory for someone else and they had been working on some some other deal bluebirds yeah. happen that's really cool but I can't uh plan on on bluebirds so I, I I feel that, that that part has been critical. Now, how I get there, I am marketing all the time. I'm uh, putting together my own events uh, with, with CISOs. I'm having happy hours. I'm leveraging the relationships I have with, with vendors and customers, as I mentioned before. Right. I'm trying to find a couple easy wins 
that are out there uh, just to be able to get some traction and just get some feel good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and market the heck out of those wins, I imagine. And Yeah. Yeah. And then leverage, leverage, leverage. Uh, you know, that product is good. It helped them out this way. Perhaps we write a white paper on that, on the solution or a marketing piece or, or something. And generally the people that I'm working with are, are good with that because mm-hmm. it's, it's their brand that that's being elevated as sure. well. And that, and that's something I'm always kind of thinking like, what else can I give to, to get the gets that are, that are out there. And it's, it's a real hybrid position of, of sales and, and marketing and uh, sometimes of, of, uh, of product uh, product management, because I was just like, yeah, they're not interested in this, but let's tweak it a little bit, or let's package these two or three things together. And then we got a winner. Yeah. Well, especially in those smaller companies, I mean, they, that's, they need that direct feedback from, you know, the field it's uh, yeah. They need that uh, real-time feedback. Hey, Andy, um, I'm going to come back to the brand topic in a minute, but um, I'm curious. So you've been doing this for a while, right? And we all like being in tech sales. It's, you know, it's fun. It's interesting. Um, There's an opportunity to make a lot of money. But I mean, we didn't all grow up to say, I want to be a tech salesperson forever. Uh, I imagine you're working towards something, you know, what do you want to do when you grow up? Yeah, uh, that's, that's a great, that's a great question. Uh, Certainly when growing up, I, I didn't even, I, this is not what I had even considered what I, what I was going going to be doing, but it's been a fantastic career, and uh, I I I, cons- I I consider myself very blessed to be in an industry where there's negative unemployment. Uh, there has been for years. Uh, my skills are needed, and I can make a, a good living doing this, and I really enjoy it. I. I I genuinely enjoy getting out there and, and building companies and uh, growing out uh, territories. But yeah, uh, eventually I'm going to slow down. I'm going to have enough of the quotas, et cetera. And so I have been working on a couple of different things over the years. From, from the very beginning, actually, of my sales career, I'm like, okay, what how, how am I going to invest? Like what, what, what does that, what does that look like? And the general plan that I had over time was, okay, take, take some extra money, put it in the stock market and buy a house and buy, buy a house and then live in it for a couple of years. And especially when I'm in my twenties and all my friends were in our twenties, we would just bang on this house for a couple of years, get it into tip top shape and then move off to the next house. Some, some were kept as rentals. And some were sold to just get on to, to the, the bigger, better thing that, that was out there. And my, my plan, uh, at least initially, was do this every two years. And that works great in your 20s when you have a lot of energy and uh, you're not married. But we're nesting in this house. We have been for a while. And I'm totally good with that. But over time... That that's been an amazing journey too. I, I've I have a, a group of contractors that I work with that help uh, manage all the properties that help uh, fix whenever is needed. My wife is primarily responsible for a couple of Airbnbs that that we have, 
And we've even figured a way uh, via a self-directed IRA to buy a house within our IRA with some old 401ks that I had lying around. Yeah. It's so, that's a it's a really great uh, a great strategy at least for now while we still can do it. And um, yeah. I actually have a I have an article on my website on how to invest in real estate using your self-directed IRA. So if anybody wants to go grab that article, just go to hightechfreedom.com and go into resources and you'll see a big picture there and you can just download it. Fantastic. No one, well, very few people know about that. And it it has been uh, incredible to unlock those funds that would have been in some mutual fund that I have no control over whatsoever and move it into something that's very tangible and something that that has proven to be very profitable. Yeah. Well, as you know, I think we talked about this briefly. So I'm a big fan of investing in real estate. It's, uh, you know, at some point, right, you know, as a high tech person. And I saw a few examples of this in my career where, you know, really successful high tech salesperson. I I was pretty junior at this point, but they had been working for 30 years, worked for some great companies, Cisco. And I knew that they had made a lot of money, but I was scratching my head. I was like, why are they still grinding it out as a sales rep? And as I started poking around a little bit as, you know, and I got to know him a little bit more, he had a pretty expensive lifestyle and he could retire by age, but his 401k wasn't going to keep generating that same level of income that he was making with his commissions. And that was when I was exposed, first exposed to real estate and the idea of, of that passive income, right? Building up basically an income stream to maybe replace my high tech income stream down the road. And, you know, there's all other kinds of benefits around some of the tax benefits. But really, for me, it was always about that uh, that income stream. Yeah, yeah. And I'm an entrepreneur. I, mean, I love, as I've said it a couple of times, I love building businesses I've, I always have kind of like some little side gigs that are that are that are going on as as well uh, between myself and and friends and it, it's I I think that 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 may be what retirement looks like for me. Retirement means having that that passive income from the homes happening, and then having a, a tiny little uh, company or or service that's doing something that's that that I find really fun. Yeah. But you're, you know, you're owning it, you're managing it, you're driving it, you're keeping your mind sharp. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're not looking to just retire and go off to the sunset, but, you know, it's an opportunity to, to do something different. You know, having the financial backing to go out and maybe feel more comfortable to take that risk with whatever it is that you want to do. Some people Absolutely. Want to- Absolutely. And, and uh, over time, there, there are recessions, there are uh, periods where you're working for a company and it, it gets sold or it goes bankrupt or you know just some weird weird things happen in our industry uh we've seen a lot of crazy things uh having that as your backup so that you know you have something consistent coming in has has been great for us you know just just knowing we will be okay we can pay the bills uh we can continue can continue to thrive yeah. even even when uh, our high tech turbulent careers may seem uh, damaged. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is true. Also, you know, if, if there's any uh, listeners out there that just want to generally learn more about real estate, we do have a free ebook on our website, and uh, it's about how to invest in real estate uh, passively and things you need to know, terms you need to know, um, questions you need to ask. Because you know, a lot of a lot of people out there just don't have time to go actively 
own the property and manage it and run it, deal it, deal with tenants, toilets, and trash. But um, you know, there's different strategies on how to invest. So you can go to hightechfreedom.com and just scroll down. You, you can't miss uh, the ebook. Hey, Andy, I guess one thing I want to, as we wrap up, I would like to, I'd like to learn a little bit more about this hack bag gaming uh, that you're doing. Can you share a little yeah, bit about that? Yeah. So uh, this is one of my fun side projects. So I, I work for uh, a little startup out of DC and uh, the CISO there had created uh, a gamified IR tabletop, uh, instant Incident response tabletops. Now, the, these tabletops are set up so that uh, people in cybersecurity and other areas of the company can experience a cyber attack and work work on it together to figure out outcomes and what they do need to do. Essentially, uh, working out that muscle so that when the real thing happens, they can respond effectively. The problem that we've seen with these IR tabletops is they're generally long, uh, they're boring, they're hard to set up, and people generally, uh, well, loathe them. <laughs> and and so uh, with this game, I, I really saw the opportunity to turn all this on its head and do something that's uh, creative and fun and uh, would have a real impact on the community that, that I serve. And so I got together with some, some, some CISOs that are located here in Portland and, and other people, and we played this game and we generated more and more ideas. And that, that became Hackback Gaming, where we're providing these character sheets to individuals. And they, these people may be in cybersecurity or outside cybersecurity, but the positions are CEO, CFO, cybersecurity engineer, CISO. We have even have a salesperson. I like to play salesperson. That's, that's always fun. And we each each of these character sheets has uh, a uh, their motivation, like uh, uh, kind of a bit on their personality, some of their strengths, weaknesses, etc. And uh, we we get into this role playing game where. I have a uh, a virtual CISO that works that works with me. Roll out a cyber attack, mm-hmm. and that it might just be as simple as a phone call into one of the one of the people playing. It's like, hey, we're noticing something weird on your website. We're seeing something on the dark web. Where you know this is a reporter calling from whatever, and getting people to enter into this other world and and play this game. And in some cases where these individuals have never even met each other before, but it can be more fun when we're playing with a company or, or some group that, that knows, that knows each other. Well, I'll tell you over the last year and a half during COVID times where we were all kind of split up and it was just all about zoom meetings and not getting together. It was one of the only really fun things that we had that we were doing. You know, it, it, there, there's a lot of joking. There's a lot of fun. I'm kind of in the background poking people and just kind of interjecting comments. And, and so you're and, orchestrating this whole event. You're doing a meetup, pulling people together. Yeah. 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 We're, we're, or, you know, I'm, I'm orchestrating the, the entire event. Uh, I have a virtual CISO that uh, plans the scenario. Uh, what are, what is the inject that's going to happen? But I'll say this, it 
you just never know where the game is going to go because people have different backgrounds, different experiences, uh, different visions of how they're going to fix things. And it just takes some wild directions. And it's just been, it's been a ton of, it's been a ton of fun uh, for us to watch this develop. So uh, we're, we're still offering this game. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, we're selling it to end user customers. Uh, also vendors are using it as their marketing events. Oh, and really? Okay. Recently, I have a special, special place in my heart for nonprofits and different groups that are looking to find ways to increase diversity in cybersecurity. So we work with uh, women in cybersecurity, WISIS, uh, and gave them a free game, I think, a week or two ago. Oh, that's and they great. the entire group uh, join. And that was a lot of fun. Well, you know what I love about that is, um, you know, we're all, I, I think nowadays, is especially kind of post-pandemic, you know, everybody's been in a virtual world. Customers have moved all around. And, you know, every sales rep and every inside sales rep is leveraging every tool out there to try to email, call, blast at the mobile phones, whatever. You have to add value. You've got to find ways to connect. You've got to find ways to add value. And I think, you know, what you're doing, bringing them together. We're not, I'm not selling you something today. We're, we're making your life better. We're adding education. We're helping you network amongst your other CISO peers. You're adding value and building relationships. And, you know, for the listeners out there, I don't think that means you need to go out and create your own board game, but you know, figure out how you can pull, if you can't go to where your customers are getting together and continue to network and build relationships, can you create your own venue to pull them together? And you gave some great examples. You know, maybe it's just a CISO dinner where they network and you continue to be the connector, huge value in being the connector. But I think what you're doing there is awesome. And I think people can take some really great lessons from that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I agree. You, you've got to find, you got to find whatever that thing is to, to, to get people to get together and, uh, and spend and perhaps spend time with you uh, individually or see you as an, as an individual versus yeah. uh, some sales guy with, you know, huffing and puffing sales breath all That's the right. time. You know, well, I was just uh, talking to my sales team uh, on Friday and uh, I was like, you know what? Do you think about 2022, and this is being recorded in November of 2021, um, we need to go back and start building up some of those relationships and start building up some of that rapport that might have been lost over two years. So go take a customer yeah. to lunch, you know, yeah. know them again. I mean, it's we're all human. It's, it's a people business. So it starts with those relationships. Um, hey, Andy, if somebody wanted to get hold of you, just generally network, maybe find out more about your game, your sessions, how can they reach out to you? They can uh, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Andy Kaplan, uh, Defy, Andy Kaplan, Hackback, uh, www.hackbackgaming.com is another way to get in touch over over Hackback. Um, but uh, just reach out and connect to me on LinkedIn. We can start a conversation there. Sounds that, good. Well, and we'll put that in the show notes so it's uh, it's easy to get to. So, well, Andy, I really appreciate your time today. Um, is there anything else you want to share? I think uh, I think that's it. Thank you. Thank you for your time, Chris. Um, this was it, a lot of fun. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. 
Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever.